Welcome to Sin City with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. Hello, MRU. Welcome back to Sin City. I am one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. Joining us today, Matthew Zahariah. Hello, Matthew. How do you do today? Uh, I, I'm good. It's, uh, it's nice out, so can't ask for much more. <laughs> I agree with you on that one as well. Yeah. So for today's episode, just as we promised last week, we will be reviewing the long and anticipated Godzilla vs. Kong. Now on HBO Max, by the way. So, Matt, you being the biggest fan of the monster verse that I know, um, what were your first thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong? Hello, everybody. I think the, um, one of the best parts about it was the... Um, not the movie itself, but the preamble with all the speculation and wild fan theories that came up. Like, um, I was one of the personal believers that um, because he's referred to as Kong, that means he would defeat Godzilla and become King Kong, but... And then there's also the one where um, where instead of having the monsters fight, it would have Mary Bobby Brown's character and Nia, the character who has connection with Kong, the little girl, have them fight each other. And I just really enjoyed all the speculations with that. But with the movie, I think they did a really good job of picking up where they left off with Kong. It's really focused on him throughout the movie Godzilla is there but it's more about it's more about Kong in this case yeah yeah I agree as well yeah like Kong he is he's practically the heart and soul of the movie he's almost like the protagonist of this film because I think it makes sense because Godzilla he is not much of a character he's more like a force of nature i'd say you know neither good nor bad he he just is he is that is mm. and um now on to you john what did you think of godzilla versus kong um i actually really like the um the special effects in this movie i thought they were pretty cool and just the battle sequences and it's kind of really cool to see um godzilla and king kong fighting for the first time since I think it was like 1963 or something. Uh, yeah, 62, yeah. 1962, so it's kind of cool how after like all these years, um, if I, we finally get to see them like on the, well, not the big screen, but like um, just like in modern times, like battling each other, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, same here. Like, and really, I think like, we even though we live you know in in a time where it's all about sequels and reboots and shared universes i feel that this was a good choice to have basically a a reboot or a rematch of the whole fight you know now we have more improved special effects and cgi mhm definitely for sure 
we're gonna say something, Matt? Uh, yeah, because the original one was just two guys in suits just sort of wrestling. Yeah. And it, it is campy now these days, but they did really bring it in with the scale and um, the, the use of CG and improvement of the effects really brought mm-hmm. weight behind the characters. Mm-hmm, definitely for for sure. Um, caught up, like the special effects caught up with like the concepts uh, that yeah. they had back then, and now we can like use yeah. them full scale. Which the one thing really that cool. you yeah, oh, go ahead. Um, mentioned go ahead. was um, seeing it not in theaters because mm-hmm. the whole sequence when they first entered the Hollow Earth mm-hmm. and the camera just starts spinning around, and uh, I, I I really miss that that. And that would be something that would look really good in theaters compared to how it looked at, on my TV. But saying that, I would, yeah, I would go back to theaters to see this mm-hmm. to get a different experience. It definitely is for sure, like um, a movie theater movie. Like this is definitely something that like is made for like the movie theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and, and to your point, guys, like, this, the special effects crew, they really have earned top marks for this entire film, especially, like, every scene, not just, the, not just the fight, but the Hollow Earth, I think, is a great example of the visual effect progress. The scene where, you know, Kong is just visiting through the Hollow Earth, the gravitational pull, that was a breathtaking experience, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yes. And yeah, like, and I really appreciate also the attention to detail they've put on the, you know, on the monsters. Like Kong, for example, like I noticed how, notice how he looks, you know, a bit older than when we last saw him mm-hmm. in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, speaking of Kong, just the amount of detail on his fur, it looks realistic it reminds me actually of the colossuses in shadow of the colossus mm. it's a game where these enormous creatures yeah. wander the land and you have to fight them but like it's it, it feels so realistic that this ginormous beast would have this sort of texture i think you can see like every hair on it. Mm-hmm, yeah, and even and for more attention on detail, you can even see how his Kong, despite you know being all very powerful and strong, he still retains the same the scars he got back in Skull Island. Remember from the helicopters? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I really think it was a a great decision to have make Kong, you know the the focus between the two monsters because mm-hmm. you know he's more 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 hu- he has some level of humanity in him i'd say yeah i could definitely yeah. And, yeah. and we've also had more time with godzilla like we he was introduced in godzilla 2014 really sh- um sh- shined in King of Monsters, mm-hmm. and now he's taking a backseat and giving Kong the chance to be the focus. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. yeah, like, 
like also if to those who are like especially if you watch Kong Skull Island or any of the previous Kong movies and are familiar with his backstory you know how Kong is the last of his kind so beneath all that that rage and strength he is just a scared guy who deep down just misses his family mm-hmm. and I, I definitely do like this uh, take of um, King Kong from the uh, previous versions we've got because we have we've had the black and white classic um, with uh, the famous like Empire State Building Mm -hmm. which is very iconic and then we've also had a couple ones in the 70s and I think also I think there was like an animated series and then also the Peter Jackson one which worked off as a one-off but this one is like kind of cool how it kind of showed Kong as more like human and definitely um I just like the it's a different take than what we've seen before, which I thought was really cool that they showed. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Yeah, like really great way to reintroduce Kong back into the big screen, like something different than just him. You know, we all know how that worked out, like him climbing the Empire State Building and getting shot down by biplanes. Yeah, I really love how they thought outside the box with this one as well. And at the same time, I noticed that Kong, he really, like, in the whole MonsterVerse in general, he really had a serious upgrade. Because, yeah, he, he's, al- he's always been a badass, but in, in the original, we all know how he got killed by biplanes. But here in the MonsterVerse, he, we see before how he got attacked by helicopters and biplanes. He got hurt, but it, to him, it's mar- basically just a scratch. So he doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother him at all. Really love how they adaptational badass, I think. Also, you see that in the fight, because there are, for what he does use, because, well, before people were like, how is this even a matchup between Godzilla and Kong? But Kong does use strategy. He does sort of Mm -hmm. play around with Godzilla Mm -hmm. using trick him in some ways into fights and also the use of his axe does give him an upside towards the uh to make it more of an even match between Mm -hmm. the two of them oh yeah yeah, I agree. Like, that's the thing about Kong. Like, sure, he, he may not have any, like, powers. Like, he cannot breathe atomic breath, but he is he's clever. Like, you see how he uses weapons through Im- improvised methods, like with the, the axe, sometimes throwing cranes at, Kong, at, at Godzilla, and even a, a biplane as well. It's really, really great stuff. And at the, at the same time, the... By the way, bonus points, that, that axe, you know, it's made from bone and one of Godzilla's scales. That, I think, is one of the best improvised weapons out there in film. Mm. Yeah, that's also um, wrapped with uh, Godzilla's skin. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Really? Wow. Yeah, so the, how it's attached is wrapped with, like, scale. Oh. Mm. So... Yeah, and also, like, another scene that really, really made me, like, appreciate Kong even more. Like, the scene where he is revealed he can communicate with sign language. That was, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah, that was, yeah, I think that's, uh, that was probably one, one of my favorite scenes, too. Kind of showed how, um, how human, like, Kong can be. Mm-hmm. Like, more relatable, like, to, to humans. I thought that was a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and... And also, this is actually 
it may be sound unrealistic, but no, there are some gorillas that can communicate with sign language. As I, mm. they really, yeah. even though it may be fictional, the developers really did some research on real life gorillas' behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, it's Coco is the most famous one. Right. 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 Yeah, and communicate. Um, also, you have to keep in mind that I think the reason why he can communicate more readily, like, because, for example, Coco, it took, like, years of learning, and we don't exactly know how um, King Kong has been trying to learn sign language or learn how to communicate, but I just, like, the proportionally he is his brain would be bigger than that of the average girl so I think that's mm-hmm. sort of how he is more intelligent than any old ape mm, good point yeah yeah and one uh, question I have been in trying to tell you guys like we've had before Godzilla versus Kong we've had previous you know versus titles we've had Alien versus Predator Freddy versus Jason and Batman v Superman but what makes what is it that makes Godzilla versus you know Kong stand out from the others considering it has much the reviews lately have been much higher than the last three versus films what do you think guys uh, makes it stand out from the others uh, on to you Matt I think it's just the scale. Like, you can see Alien versus Predator, you can see Freddy versus Jason, you can see these things, but it's just like um, the original King Kong versus Godzilla two guys in suits fighting. Uh Yeah, they have powers, they have tricks, whatever, but it's. But compared to this, where it's two monsters battling throughout a city just the whole I feel like the kaiju genre lends to uh, versus movies more than than superhero movies Mm because superhero movies it's like at the end of the day it's two two guys in suits right right punching it out Mm. that's a really yeah yeah, I, I, I th- that's a really interesting take. Yeah, and some I think another factor I think that helps would have to be the you know the the pacing because usually mm-hmm. in most of these versus movies we have to wait until like ha- right. the third act to watch them really fight. But Godzilla versus Kong wastes no time in that. We we get it. We get a fight between the two very early on, like within the first twenty or thirty minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, just to add, too, that's, like, another thing I really like about this movie, too, is I noticed, like, um, I noticed it really, like, cut towards, like, the action, like, quickly. Like, it kind of just put you, like, in the action quickly. Um, and, like you are saying, compared to, like, some other movies where it's, like, some, like, big names fighting each other, you kind of have to wait until the third act, mm-hmm. almost. Um, but like, I kind of like how this one, it kind of just like put you like right in the action and that's, yeah, that was just the point I had. 
That's right, yeah. And also, it, it really helps too that Godzilla vs. Kong is less than two hours long. It's, a, it's not long, but it's not mm. short either. It's one hour and 50 minutes. That gives, like, the pacing really helps. It really cuts to the action quickly. It really, mm-hmm. it really delivers exactly what the title had promised at the exact right time also. say why it works so well is that the character characterization of them because you 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 can realistically root for both of them you can go in saying oh i think you, you can go in saying who you think will win but um you you like both of the characters like right uh, you, from King of Monsters, you're like, Godzilla is so cool. But then in this, you see more of Kong and more of what he can do. Mm-hmm. And then it's like going back to Batman v Superman. We right. had Man of Steel before that, but we didn't have anything really to establish Batman. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's going off the assumption that the few scenes we get of him and... Uh, the audience's prior knowledge of the character will um, think you will make you root for him. Whereas this, there's more development for both characters. Hmm. Uh-huh. Good point. Yeah, but well, to your point on BVS, wouldn't like the fact that they didn't show anything about Batman before the Batman v Superman, wouldn't you consider that to be a more justified example? Because, you know, at this point, we all know what Batman's story is. We, we know what a Batman story is, but we don't know this Batman story. Mm. Like, you can do a Batman story without it being the beginning of Batman. Right. Like, right. I think a new one with the Batman with Robert mm. Pattinson is going to be Batman but it's going to be more focused on him as a detective yeah. and it's not going to go him with the whole League of Shadows yeah. and how he became Batman like Batman Begins right or I think it's a but just being Batman more development on this yeah mm. so it would be like for the Christopher Nolan trilogy if they started with the Dark Knight instead of having to do Batman Begins. You can watch The Dark Knight without needing to see Batman Begins because you already, the audience already knows the character Batman and you can do stories with that character. Right, right, right. That's sort of the same thing with King of the Monsters. You can do, you can watch King of the Monsters without having to see the original Godzilla. You might not recognize some of the characters, but it doesn't harm the viewing experience at all. No. And I feel like just having this uh, background for each character can help help you root for them in a versus movie like this. Right, right, definitely. Good point. Nice argument too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's a. Yeah, I see your point now, because, yeah, we, yes, we know, like, we all know who Godzilla and Kong are, but not in this universe. So I think, yeah, I think that works, because we have to reintroduce these characters, you know, before the big fight. 
I'd say like there are so many ways this movie could have failed you know if they if they just skipped over all the the first three monsterverse movies you know Godzilla Kong Skull Island and King of the Monsters and introduced us with Godzilla versus Kong but it wouldn't work we need to know more about them in this in this millennium in this decade so it felt mm-hmm. i think it was the right choice to reintroduce them to the big screen like these things like they payoffs really take time and i think it was worth the wait and um also yeah like the reason why uh some a problem that these films had which i'm sure you all know about this point would be the human characters like yeah they are probably the biggest problem i think in the monsterverse like they have a bit of i don't know if it's either justified or not but i think they have a bit of trouble creating human characters that are interesting apart from well you know the monsters themselves well i think it's all relative it's impossible to create a human character that's more interesting than Godzilla in a Godzilla movie and I think the reason why they're in here is to give perspective to the action it gives um, some for what it gives scale to how enormous the creatures are but it also uh, adds a bit of stakes because it would be fine if they were rampaging through a city and it's just that you don't know who's there, but I think it adds an additional layer of tension that I know someone in this disaster. Mm. So more like an audience surrogate, you'd say? Well, it's more like um, you're doing a disaster and you're thinking, um, you don't think of it as bad because it doesn't affect you. Right. right. It's like an earthquake in another country. It doesn't affect you personally, so it will have less impact on you. Whereas if if you were affected by the earthquake, it would... You, you are devastated by it. You may have lost your friends, your family. It, it, it adds to the um, cognitive dissonance that there is between the viewer of a disaster and the disaster itself. And having human characters makes you more part of it. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, like... Mm, yeah, like it's more. So it's more about seeing like we the monsters from a human perspective that really creates the tension in these films. You'd say. Yeah. Like I would say, it shows um, really in the first Godzilla because there's like it is a slow build up, but like. The nuclear meltdown that occurs is frightening. Like, uh-huh. I would, I wouldn't want to be in that scenario. And you see, the, like the kids at school, you see everyone trying to escape, and also in the final conflict, I forget the main characters, but his wife is 
a nurse and you see her trying to evacuate everyone from the hospital and it's like it, it adds a more human element to the action than just two monsters fighting definitely yeah. I can see that because the first one I had more of a I think the first one it was more of like an emotion we felt like more of a mm-hmm. an emotional connection to the to the characters because I think it was a because I think Brian Cranston had like that short cameo on the 2014 one mm-hmm. the, um, the accident but like compared to like this movie this one I um, I really appreciate though because this one is more about like kind of like the fight because even yeah. like the title like the Godzilla versus Kong it's like a it's almost like watching a boxing match. Like, yeah. It's true, yeah. Like, and I think the whole... I really appreciate also how this film, how Godzilla vs. Kong carries on one of the most important themes in the whole monsterverse, which is that humans are the real monsters. Uh, or uh, to quote Dr. Serizawa, the arrogance of men is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around. Like how they uh-huh. created a Mecha Godzilla, which, by the way, what was your guys' reaction to finding out Mecha Godzilla wasn't this one? It was pretty uh, cool. Um, I think because I think in the um, I think in the sixties version there was like a I forgot if it um, there, I know there was a there was like a there was like a Mega Kong if you guys know if uh, you guys see that in pictures mm, <laughs> shots of it. So I thought for when they were actually like making it, I thought it was gonna be like a, a mega or a, a, a cybernetic um, uh, Kong, but it turned out to be like the Godzilla, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by surprised and amazed by Mecha Godzilla, even though the trailers did spoil his appearance in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but well, I would say. Hinted at it. it. It didn't explicitly show it, which I'm grateful for because they did a really good job on it. You can see like each mechanical part is its own part, and it's right. all put together as this one big machine. Mm, yeah. Mm, super powerful. Oh yeah, and even if I and also um, you go first, Matt. Sorry, you go first, Matthew. It also reminded me of the Pacific Rim Yeager. Yes. Oh, right. How they're controlled, how it's sort of like a um, synchronizing process. Right, right. Yeah, so... And it, that, it's cool, because those uh, Pacific Rim movies, too, just had on that. Um, I think uh, the inspiration for the Pacific Rim movies were, like, the old Godzilla movies. Which is kind of cool how you made that, like, reference, because it kind of, like, it kind of like goes in like a full circle. Yeah. I, um, one thing that my brother brought up when we were watching it is the shots that they have of the fight, Godzilla versus Kong. They're all shots that are from realistic perspectives. Right. It's not like there's just a magic floating camera. You see mm-hmm. it on like building tops or through a window or. And it's, wow. it, it makes the, it, like we've been saying, the action more real to right. the audience, even though it is just two big CG monsters That's right. fighting. 
exactly, yeah. And also, uh, other than the, the whole fight between Godzilla and Kong in Hong Kong, King Kong and God in Hong Kong, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on topic. <laughs> so, um, we really, like, the the first Godzilla film in the MonsterVerse received a bit of, you know, complaints that the fights with Godzilla and the Mutos, you know, were too dark and very hard to see. But I think right. the, the fight in Hong Kong, where everything is colorful and in neon, was, I think, a perfect set piece for the whole fight to happen. Like, you can see everything you don't miss a single yeah, shot yeah. of every punch and every bite that each monster takes it's, it's genius really mm-hmm. and i think yeah it kind of goes with the thing with uh um how like real um what is the word well just like the difference between like the godzilla 2014 and um this movie this one was more about like kind of like the fight and the battle and the and the first one had more of like, as we were talking earlier, it was more of like that human connection thing where it seemed like such like a disaster and it was like kind of like the, from the human perspective. But um, yeah, sorry, what were we going to say, Matthew? Sorry to cut you off. Um, just that with that though, I was like, in the other films, there's always a sense of atmosphere to the final conflicts. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I felt sort of disappointed when they fought Mechagodzilla in broad daylight like because oh. with the with um, the original Godzilla 2014 um, it was dark but the like at, like the clouds of dust brought a sense of atmosphere to it and then um you could, and then in Godzilla, King of Monsters, it was, you could see the, it was dark, but you could see the action, and you, it, it just increased the intensity of all the more light, light effects that they have, like, you, you see it really charge up, but then when, um, in this one, the, they did an excellent job with all the neon lights for the Godzilla and Kong fight, but then they sort of, I would, in my opinion, drop the ball when they had it in the just broad daylight, having the them fight. Yeah, I kind of um, understand what you're saying about that. It's mm, definitely true. Point. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I respect your opinion as always, but to me personally, I it it didn't bother me as much because I felt you know it gave in a way it had a bit of a like symbolism I'd say because in Godzilla and Kong's final fight in Hong Kong took place at night, which is like things got dark as they fought each other, but then the next day things took a much brighter turn, a sense of hope when they're fighting side by side. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's cool. Uh, it's just my, it's my thoughts. Thank you. And, um, yeah, um, but yeah, um, you you go for it. I respect that too. Um, you want to say something, Matt? Uh, I respect that. Yeah, I respect that as well. But I, I do understand that the timeline doesn't make sense because there was that one part where Godzilla did just burrow to the center of the earth, which uh, right. that might take a few hours. I think. Mm-hmm. But like. They, um, they could do, but uh, if 
if I was redoing the scene, I would have turned back the clock just a bit, where it's like dusk, the sun's just about to rise, and then right, right, then where yeah, more of a orange sky than just bright blue outside. Uh. But like other than just the just the like lighting that they use, the final fight with Mechagodzilla, the choreography and what each monster does is really great. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also... And to add on that kind of... Um, that's, like, kind of, like, something that... About the movie that I think they could have, like, done better is, like... Sure, like, the movie was, like, a good length and stuff, but I feel like maybe with, like, some of, like, the editing, they could have, um, as you're saying, Matthew, like... It could have like made a more kind of like realistic timeline too, because I kind of I kind of did feel like the movie did kind of go a little too fast, especially like the Hong Kong scene and like when um Godzilla broke into the into the um that inner core. But yeah, other than that, the the final battle was pretty cool. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it gave me a bit of vibes to you know the scene in Batman v Superman where they team up to defeat Doomsday to a much bigger threat. Like, mm, right, right, right. But to me, they're both similar, and we see like the two fighters first they fight each other and then they team up to fight an even bigger threat. But to me personally, I, f- I find that it's handled better in Godzilla versus. Kong, because think at least Kong and Godzilla's mothers don't have the same name, and oh, yes. <laughs> or uh, the the means of that was a, another fan theory I heard where um, both of the where Mothra is going to come and they're going to be like Mothra instead of Martha. Oh. Save Mothra. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. about. But, yeah, um, about Mecha Godzilla, like even though I, I we all knew that he would pop up because of the trailers. I personally, I did not know that they would bring back Ghidorah for Godzilla versus Kong. That I really love how they incorporated him here as the you know practically he's basically the main villain of the film if you come to think about it. And that explains also why, uh, why that's why uh, Godzilla was, you know, so pissed because he could sense that Ghidorah, his arch nemesis, was still alive and breathing. And they, uh, and I love also, and it really paid off from the, you know, the post-credit scene in King of the Monsters, you know, where they recovered one of Ghidorah's heads, which, by the way, is Kevin. But with that, there was no post-credit scene for this one. Mm-hmm. I noticed, yeah. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. There. So, I know, I think I, I saw an interview where, I think it was a director, said he didn't want to make false promises. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he didn't want to set up anything that they couldn't pay off. So I think he's going to see the reaction to this, because um, he, he mentioned that, the whole monsterverse has been leading up to this movie so it's it's sort of like um marvel with endgame it's uh, where do we go from here Hmm. really wow so so until you know until there's you know this film has proven successful in their eyes this is practically gonna be the end of the monsterverse yeah Hmm. Mm. Well, I feel like yeah too. If actually they 
I was just reading, yeah, they, they did finish filming this, like, two years ago, and then it got delayed because of the, um, yeah. pandemic, but, uh, yeah, kind of, like, I feel like, I feel like it's kind of, like, harder for them to, like, maybe, like, develop something to doing, like, um, with the pandemic and stuff, but I kind of feel like that is a safe move, though, to yeah. not have a post-credit scene and not have any false promises, and maybe they could even, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they're not gonna, you know, stop it way too early, cause, because in especially oh, yeah. in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, we got introduced to Ghidorah, Rodan, uh, Mothra, and it's revealed there are like 17 other kaiju out there, so I can already sense they're gonna make a bunch of sequels and spin-offs on these different kaiju mm-hmm. and monsters. credits to this film uh, where they go through all, th- th- this is one of my favorite parts of these movies is when they just do the like rapid like of news articles historical paintings but right, it's right. set up like a bracket where like a red robin tournament bracket where it's like defeated 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 and it ends on Kong versus Godzilla so I think um, in this universe off screen they may have already dealt with these characters in such a way where these are the only two titans left okay that, that's an impression that I got and I, I did try and think of where do they go from here like if you go into Godzilla lore it gets really messy really fast there's like a whole thing with aliens and um right right i know one that i could realistically see doing is a monster called i think hedora which is like a it's basically just like a pollution monster it's it's covered in like seaweed as two red eyes and it's it's it's, it was a monster that was basically born from pollution so okay thinking of like all the monsters and gods that's the only one i can see maybe being another threat to one of these t- titans hmm. that's cool i haven't actually heard of that one before too that's awesome. Yeah, same here, yeah. Yeah, and also I've heard rumors, just rumors, that after, you know, production for Godzilla vs. Kong was over, no sequels are, for the for the time being, not in production. So mm-hmm. if that's true, then I guess this means the MonsterVerse would have to be the shortest cinematic universe out there so mm-hmm. far. I feel like they will definitely make, like, something soon. Like, I feel like this universe isn't, like, done yet i think that they're just trying to as you're saying like with the with like the no post credits i think the the directors and the creators are just trying to see where they can kind of like go from this because i think that's the thing with like even just like with post credit scenes like as we've seen in like um the mc universe like everything was kind of like planned out and stuff and um I kind of knew where to like go from there, but I feel like with this, I kind of like want to take a step back and kind of like wait it out and see what they can do to like fulfill like the visions. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree on that one too. Yeah, because well, yeah. so it's more, let's say, a, a bit of a, a bit of a break. I'd say like Godzilla vs Kong is more like I'd say the kind of like the equivalent of the first Avengers film, which is right. the end of Phase One. I'd say. Mm-hmm. E- exactly, and I think it's kind of good too that they didn't have like an end end credit scene because I feel like the thing of that I like don't like about sometimes about like um post sorry i meant to say post credit scenes is it kind of just makes like one movie seem like a, a big like a a piece of a puzzle to something like something else kind of mm-hmm. but like i feel like if they don't do that that often like they can make really good individual like um movies like maybe you could even get like a mothra movie like mm-hmm. a standalone yeah. or something like that but it could still be in like the same universe yeah 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 i love that i love that, too. that that is something that i no sorry you go next oh no, no you go first you go first okay um but one thing i did miss is what they do with the credits because um, I think this was the only one where they just had, they, they didn't have those little news articles or mm-hmm. like research discoveries at the end of the credits. It was just like scrolling on the, and that, that I do find those neat and you can do those without uh, setting up, like they did do those setting it up the, other movies, but you could just do it to expand upon the world, like the right. original Godzilla, it did that, and it introduced Monarch and all the work that, all the additional work they did, it, like teased Mothra and Kong, mm-hmm. like, but it, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't there for this one, and it's, I did miss it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I noticed that too, cause yeah, that very, very unique end credit scene. Also, like no newspaper clippings and no Easter eggs to be seen. It almost has like a sense of you know closure to the whole monster verse. Mm. Yeah, I wonder too if like actually I'm not, I'm not sure if like if COVID did have an effect to do with that maybe. Mm. But I feel like they would have because they they finished filming this. 2019 so i feel like it would have been either way set like the vision or i wonder if like just the pandemic kind of ruined the vision for like another um follow-up which i'm not too sure about unless you guys know that's 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 a good guess yeah i can't imagine that part being too hard it's really just a slideshow yeah that's true that's true so yeah yeah oh well and um, oh and something else i that i really appreciated godzilla versus kong for is how they gave each of the titular monsters godzilla and kong a, a moment to shine it's not cited in godzilla's favor and it's not cited in kong's favor like they they gave each mm-hmm. of them moment to shine like in the fight with hong kong 
Godzilla, you know how Godzilla basically beat Kong, but with the fight with Mecha Godzilla, I felt I really loved the decision that Kong defeated Mecha Godzilla because I felt it had to be Kong because you know, like Godzilla already had his moment to shine. Now it's Kong's turn, and it also makes sense too since Godzilla was already you know tired from his fight with Kong. Right, right. It's kind of like that. There was that one line too that um. Oh, I forgot the character's name. I think he said that I'm not trying to make them fight against each other, but make them allies. Do you guys remember that line? Hmm. Uh... <laughs> it's very... Uh, I think um, uh, the doc- uh, Dr. Nathan Linz said that. He's like, I'm not trying to make them fight each other. I'm trying to make make them like allies or something like that. Ah, uh, right. I think... When he tried to... When he restarted... It was going to be uh, King Kong's heart. Yeah. All ah, right. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and then the um, what's the the girl's name? Uh, she told. Uh, I think it's Pia. The Gia. Uh, Gia. Uh, Gia. Yeah. Like she Gia. convinced Kong that you know, Godzilla is not the enemy. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, out of all the human characters in the film, like, Gia was the one I, I found the most interesting. I really love her, you know, her relationship, her chemistry with Kong. Like, she is the, like, she sees the, the gentle giant inside him. Definitely. And it's, it's kind of cool, too, in contrast with the, um, cause, um, I'm not sure if you guys, you guys know the, um, the older versions of King Kong. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the, um... There's a much older, like, lady that had that relationship with, um, Kong. That's right. And in this, like, version, it's, like, a, it's a younger kid, so I kind of like how there's, like, there's, like, similarities, but it's also, like, uh, trying something kind of, like, new. And it's kind of, like, um, because, like, Geo was kind of, like, the, how do I say it? It was, like, the way to, like, uh, Kong's heart almost like, um, mm. it's like the thing with like uh, Superman and uh, Lois and Lane. that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well so their connection is they're, they're both the last of their people mm. Kong and Gia right. it was mentioned that all the other natives from Skull Island were killed in a freak storm except for her so mm. I feel like it's more of a they're both have this connection of being the last one of their people mm. and through that they relate to each other yeah yeah it's an interesting parallel too yeah and yeah, like, oh, I feel like, yeah, well, Godzilla and Kong, they are, you know, gentle giants. They're benevolent, but I find Kong to be, you know, the nicer of the two because, you know, he'll go out of his way to save humans. But Godzilla, as good as he may be, like, sometimes he, he doesn't care if, you know, he steps yeah. on a human. Like, to, to him, we are all ants, and we're not going to go out of our way to step every ant we see, are we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, but Kong, yeah. I'm talking about as a huge, as a huge animal lover. Like Kong was so adorable in this one. And I feel like yeah, uh, like you're saying, like Kong can be like kind of viewed as like a, a tragic character, almost like very misunderstood. Mm. I feel like the scene on the boat uh, where he's in chains and they're right. saying, "Oh, we have him full of sedatives." And then 
I feel the scene on the boat where Gia goes up when he Gia connects with him mm-hmm. is when they really started to see him as more than just a monster. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And also, it makes sense as well for Kong to be like between the two monsters anyway. Like the the human face of the film, especially given how you know how humans evolved from primates, according to Darwin's theory. Oh, right, right. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a that's a good point, right there. Thanks. And yeah, like yeah, like and yeah, like to your point, Matt. Like. Even though they didn't show, like, even though Godzilla is not much of, you know, the main face of the film, it makes sense because, like, Godzilla is a force of nature, we say, like, you know, he's a god for all intents and purposes, as they said in the first Godzilla movie. It, like, if God is given a personality or, you know, a character, it would, you know, break the illusion, it would shatter the spell. I love how they handled Godzilla in this one. Mm hmm, definitely. Yeah, like, like watching this film, it really, like, it really, usually, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for the most part very picky in my, you know, taste for films. I usually, I love all films, basically, like, the indie films, you know, more movies that are right. more, like, about the artistic value, like Blade Runner or 2001, A Space Odyssey, but every now and then I, I try to take a break from those and watch, you know, superhero watch movies, monster movies, yeah. right? Like, movies where we can just, you know, just shut our brains off and just enjoy them for what they are like yeah. about the visual spectacle like it's his film is definitely not like a shakespearean or an oscar worthy film no but it succeeds in just being an entertainment movie it's yeah. like a popcorn movie is mm-hmm. yeah right, and yeah. like yeah as we were saying earlier this is definitely um a movie theater like imax movie which yeah. which sucks that um couldn't really see it in theaters but like mm. i agree definitely like this is like a very like fun movie to watch mm-hmm. very like entertaining um with like um the battle scenes and stuff oh yeah i think even like um like well this movie and like the first um godzilla 2014 are like um they have very different like moods like um you can see kind of like godzilla 2014 as like um that's more of like a disaster mm. like movie um just with its point of view, but this one, it's kind of like, oh, I'm here to see like the the, the big fight and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it could have, they could have like filmed this like any other way. They could have filmed it like um, like do you guys remember like Cloverfield, like the first one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very I, yeah. point of view and um, very like horrifying and stuff. But this one was like um, it's like equivalent to sort of like um, an MCU movie, mm-hmm. where it's kind of about the characters and yeah def- definitely that's a good that's a good word a, a popcorn movie mm, yeah like very entertaining to watch yeah like and it also speaks to my, me because in before in the old days i i was very in i was very young and naive i tended to watch movies based on what the critics were saying but mm-hmm. i decided now not anymore because these we can enjoy, try to enjoy these movies not as film critics or as film fans but just as a normal 
audience member, just a regular moviegoer.、Mm-hmm. Like, this, these movies are not for you know for critics. They're more for us, for for the fans. Right, That's right. what I say to myself when like I'm watching films like the MonsterVerse and especially, especially the DCEU, for instance. Hmm. And yeah, as you're saying too, like um, I feel like. Uh, the the reason why this like movie did like really well too is kind of like、um, there's almost like this nostalgic thing with it too like Godzilla versus King Kong. Cause I remember my、um, I mentioned this movie to my parents and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen the、um, the really like old one,、um, which like maybe some people in the generation have seen it, but most haven't. So it's kind of like cool how they're like reviving something,、mm-hmm. giving it like a new、um, spin or take. Agreed. And yeah, it was kind of really cool to see this too, because when I was younger, I was really big fan of the、um, of like the Japanese Godzilla movies and the、um, the early King Kong movies. So it's kind of cool how you can see like a modern like version of this with, with the new special effects, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and also the. To your point, it really does a great job of reintroducing Godzilla and Kong, while at the same time staying true to the the source material to the creators, to、mm-hmm. you know, to Toho's Godzilla and Kong. Right, right, definitely.、Mm, really, like I really one thing I really appreciate all these movies for is that you know even though Godzilla and Kong are well monsters, they really gave them like the behaviors of. Animals like real wild animals, basically, who right, right. act on instinct, not malice.、Mm-hmm. Um, um, but with this, uh, uh, when they do go to the、um, source of, I can call it monster energy, because that's basically what it is. When in the、yeah. Hollow Earth, <laughs> you see the throne that's sort of set up by. Uh, I'm presuming Kong's ancestors, and how he. There's also a sense of、uh, more of a civilization to Kong. Like、right. there's more about him that we don't know, because I feel like when he took the axe and put it down to、uh, trigger the, I feel like that was part of some ritual. Ancient ritual, where like basically a challenge to the Alpha, saying "Come fight me, and we will see." So I feel like more with Kong, he um there was more. It's more of a civilization and lore about him and his people that we don't get to see that is in the Hollow Earth. Hmm. That that actually could be a very you know should they w- express desire in continuing the monsterverse be a really interesting idea for a film because the Godzilla versus Kong teased us you know how that there was a war between Godzilla and Kong's ancestors and that they're the last ones standing.、Right. We can like see basically a, like a, a a prequel film that to see、mm. their their ancestors battling. Yeah, that'd be a really cool. Yeah, I do think. Yeah. Or I can also see one where it's like、um, Skull Island, where these group of scientists and researchers go 
um, to Skull Island and research what's going on there, but more a way of calling Hollow Earth, where it's sort of like Kong, um, and it's like the same movie where you see all these creatures and they're trying to just figure out what's up, but it's them exploring Hollow Earth. Because mm. if right. you think about it, having basically an entirely different world to ours underneath us is um, incredible. It's yeah. It's the new scientific discovery of the century. It's this all, all this uncharted, undiscovered location with these new creatures. It's it's a, basically a alternate dimension to a point because it, it's it is reminded me a lot of the rift from Pacific Rim. Going back to that, how it's a dimension where the monsters come from. And having it in a way where where they people can traverse through it. I think if they were going to continue the multiverse, a way to do it would be exploring the Hollow Earth more. I second this for sure. Yeah, like like the monsterverse. This is a this is a cinematic universe that it really has. It's so much potential. There are so many ways it can go from there, you know, with all the different monsters, the different locations. It's really one I'd love to see grow even more as the years go by. Not to mention that, like, the Monsterverse, it's one of the few cinematic universes that is not the MCU that's actually really great with audiences, with fans, really. And that same also applies to uh, the DCU to an extent, and the you know the Conjuring verse as well. And and something else that uh, really surprises me about Godzilla vs Kong, I I love it how after everything that happened and all the teasing, you know how it says that only one will fall. The film ended in a surprisingly happy ending, you know, with Kong yeah. finding and now finding his home and Godzilla now, you know, continuing his role as the protector of the Earth. Mm. And this is, like, one of the few, like, Kong, King Kong movies I've seen where the ending isn't so tragic for, like, the character, mm. which which I really, like, which I really thought was cool because, like, we've seen, like, the previous ones where he's been, like, the Empire State Building and it's, like, such a tragedy. Yeah. And, uh, um, but this, it's kind of cool to see how, like, um, yeah, Godzilla just dives back into water. He's going to do his own thing again. And then, like, um, Kong, like, he finally has, like, kind of, like, some peace, which is, like, cool. It is, yeah. And it's kind of cool how the, um, the way that, you guys remember, like, that when, um, they're walking away from each other that look they kind of like gave mm-hmm. they're like okay I guess I'm like cool with this guy now or whatever <laughs> yeah I guess like with that they can kind of know that maybe they can like work together next time mm-hmm. yeah agree yeah, yeah like like they are acknowledging each other like the like uh, Godzilla considers Kong to be a worthy opponent and vice versa yeah mm-hmm. they're like okay see you later <laughs> did you leave it open for 
them to have their in, own independent stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not, um, like, one of Marvel's biggest problem, which they sort of mentioned in Ant-Man, where it's like, it's not an Avengers-level threat. Right, right. <laughs> so, in this, they can have their own conflicts where they don't need both of them. Mm-hmm. They can't they can work independent independently of each other so like having movies with godzilla fighting surface conflicts and having a more adventure style movie mm. with godzilla with king kong in the hollow right right yeah and that's kind of yeah as you're saying like that'd become like cool too like um i would love more individual like king kong adventures and more individual like Godzilla movies and it wouldn't have to like team up like every mm-hmm. single like movie like they can explore like so much of the individual like char- um, characters like just King Kong and Godzilla yeah yeah definitely I'd love that I'd love that too yeah it really it's really great how you know despite being one of the few post MCU cinematic universes it really succeeds in being its own thing without trying to copy the the Marvel or the MCU formula it's really just wow amazing really. yeah and um since we're past the one hour mark uh, what is your guys' uh, favorite scene from Godzilla versus Kong you first John okay um, yeah, I did, I really liked a lot of the, um, the battle type scenes, um, in this definitely, but a scene that really, like, stood out to me, um, is a scene where, um, I think it was, uh, what's her name, Gia? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's where Gia and, um, Kong had, like, that touch on the boat. I thought that was kind of, like, a cool, like, iconic, like, scene, um, yeah, it kind of showed, like, the, the humanness of like Kong to to show that he wasn't like really like a threat and um maybe like it kind of showed that he was like the hit yeah I guess he was kind of like the hero of this movie because he did save Godzilla mm-hmm. yeah from the threat which is kind of cool but yeah I thought that was like a really cool scene that stood out to me that's a great scene too yeah and very very heartwarming as well just you just want to give Kong a big hug about you Matt what was your favorite scene from the movie yeah okay I, I could be I'm not gonna I, I could say the fights like John because of course they're always amazing but I'm honestly I was honestly really impressed by the opening credits I, I did like how they mentioned they, they brought to light the history of these fights they had all this like historical style artwork of the two characters and having it set up as sort of a bracket in between gives it really this showdown sort of feel mm-hmm. wow. definitely yeah very stylistic too are the opening very stylistic yeah. yeah 
And um, for me, my favorite scene from the movie would have to be, well, for start, if I had to say overall, would be the entire fight scene between in Hong Kong. But one particular moment that stood out is when Godzilla has Kong at his mercy and the two are just just roaring at each other for a very yeah. long time. That was, wow. I, I had to, in fact, I had... I replayed that scene just three times and with increased volume because it is that epic. Wow. And it's like... Yeah, you oh, go, sorry, you, oh, no, no, uh, you, go, you go first. Just add on that too, kind of like... I showed their language almost. Um, they were just like roaring at each other because they can't really speak to each other. But yeah, that was kind of cool. It kind of showed like their way of like... Um, Kind of like who's the, like tough, who's like the most toughest out here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like cool. Yeah, and if even that's right, and even without any spoken words, it's basically Godzilla saying "submit" and Kong saying "never," which really shows that Kong bows to no one. Yeah, like, even though I was Team Godzilla all the way, I couldn't help but feel a bit of pity for Kong there, because... But... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But... But regardless, long live the king. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or more... And yeah, like, really... <laughs> right, yeah. This movie's more like long live the kings, because if you think about it, both Godzilla and Kong basically got what they wanted at the end. Yeah. Very satisfying, like, ending, too, mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. I really... And also, yeah, like you said, John, really great... It came... Great timing, too, you know, with the pandemic and all. This film gave us, like, a sense of hope, relief, and excitement all at once. Just... Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very fitting, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... With all that said and done, what is the verdict now? What is, how would you rate Godzilla versus Kong from a scale from one to 10? Your turn this time, Matt. Um, like, it's good and all, but it does have the flaw, some flaws. Like, the um, human characters are, mm-hmm. Uh, it leaves some lacking. Like I feel like they were a bit too goofy at some points. Like yeah. conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, yeah. just leave everything and you focus a lot on it. I'm gonna. I think it's like a seven. That's... Like the monsters really hold up their own, but there's just some parts of the movie that are lacking. That seems a fair rating. Yeah, and to your point, uh, like Godzilla versus Kong is like, I would compare this to, you know, like a, a video game in general. Like, do you ever have the, uh, play a video game where you're with a story and you're more like all about just playing the game and skipping the story? Because I feel that's what Godzilla versus Kong is basically is play the game, mm-hmm. skip the story. Yeah, just with some like minor, like, um, story things that you would want in like Call of Duty or something like that mm-hmm. I definitely agree it's more about the gameplay than the- more about the yeah mm, yeah how about you John what is your verdict on Godzilla versus Kong um this is a very like as you were saying um we're a good term by the way this is a very good like popcorn movie to watch it's very entertaining yeah I came to see 
Godzilla and King Kong uh, battle and fight it out. So I'd give this like solid seven, definitely. Hmm. Very fair solid rating. Solid seven for sure. Rating. Uh, me, me. Well, you, I. Yeah, to your point, I agree. Like, this film, it really it has a popcorn movie in every sense of the word. Like, yeah, as always, the humans are the weakest part of the movie. But then again, that's to be expected in a kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the effects are great. The soundtrack by Junkie XL, by the way, fantastic. Oh, right. Soundtrack, good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel that the title delivered that to full and complete perfection I, uh, humans, characters and story aside I felt the title it, the movie gave me everything I wanted to see so for that I give Godzilla vs. Kong a 9 out of 10 I like I yeah I would I would recommend this movie if you're a fan of of big kaiju movies or just you know just want to have a bit of fun definitely yeah uh, yeah, just speaking on the score, um, the score was really good, but there was also uh, Bear McCreary who did the score for King of the Monsters. I feel really brought a sense of uh, revelry, no, not revelry, a reverence to the character of Godzilla. Uh, like with the chanting and then the credits using the his remix, well, his cover of the Blue Oyster Cult Godzilla, um, really, but like, uh, um, really brought an epicness, if is the best way I can just, um, to that movie, and I feel like there wasn't anything really, um, to that scale in this one, there wasn't a sense that these are gods that the soundtrack provided Mm, yeah I noticed and and to your point I noticed that Again, the soundtrack's really great, and it really, it really does a great job of establishing both Godzilla and Kong, and it really fits with their character and personalities. Like, notice that with Kong's track, it's more like, in a way, triumphant, but at the same time, more somber. It really shows how human and vulnerable Kong is, and whenever Godzilla shows up, the music is more, you know, like, powerful, and in a way, like, scary. Like, scary in a beautiful way, as if the kind of music you'd hear if you are in the presence of a god it's wow just yeah like i I really i really love and enjoy this film it is so far from what i've seen it's my second favorite film of the year with number one of course being the snyder cut of course there's many more to come Um, as well so far um like with new movies that came out i think it's really the only one i've seen so (laughs) many more to come matt many more to come Yeah. yeah And with all that said and done, I felt, you guys felt we covered everything, all the main points from Godzilla vs. Kong? Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Pretty fun experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. I've I've seen one of these in a while, too, so it's like... Same here, yeah. Definitely cool watching one of these. It it definitely does make me want to go back and even, like, rewatch, like, um, like the older ones from, like, the 60s and stuff, because I think there's, like... How many Godzilla movies are there? There's like over, there's like over 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 36, as I recall. 36? Yeah, I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to like 
there's some kind of like a nostalgic value with these movies, like especially about old, like like the the older Japanese ones. It makes you want to go back and watch it. I think there's like um, my friend was telling me there's like a a complete set you can buy somewhere. It's like everything, which is like insane. It's great, yeah. And yeah, if if the rumors are to be true, and this is really the end of the monster verse, I think I'd say it was a really great experience watching all these movies. I've started watching the monster verse way back in March and prep for this film, and it's just. It's amazing, an amazing cinematic universe and really great way of reintroducing Godzilla and Kong back to audiences. Like, if, like we all know who they are. Like, I'm, I'm sure everyone in the world, even if they haven't seen the movie, knows who Godzilla and Kong are. Like, not knowing who Godzilla or Kong are is like not knowing who Batman or Superman are. So... With all that said and done, that is all the time we have left for the show. This is our second episode in a row where we discussed yet another movie from a cinematic universe by Warner Brothers and composed by Junkie XL, which made its debut on HBO Max too. So thank you for that, guys. Thank you, John and Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you. For- you. Yeah. And I'm- take care. You too. You as well. And see you next week, same time as always, here on Sin City, live for CMRU.ca. Yeah.